The following message by Alistair Begg is made available by Truth For Life. For more information, visit us online at truthforlife.org. I'm Bob Lapine. Welcome to a special edition of Truth For Life. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Alistair and to talk with him about reading the Bible daily, about the use of daily devotionals and spiritual disciplines. Here's our conversation. First of all, I think this devotional is a gift to all of us, and I know listeners are anxiously excited to get a copy of it. Um, tell me about your own use of devotionals throughout your life. Are, are you are you a five-in-the-morning, quiet time, get up, spend an hour with the Lord guy or not? Well, I usually get up every morning, uh, <laughs> as, as, <laughs> except on really depressing days. But um, no, uh, yeah, I actually, the, the older I get, the earlier I do rise. And, uh, but from the very beginning, uh, in my uh, growing up years as a child, um, devotions uh, around, around the breakfast table were part and parcel of my life. Uh, so I think the, the ones that I remember were uh, probably Daily Light, where we had that little book that was always yeah. uh, there bes- beside the table, uh, which would have a verse or two. And then, uh, if I remember correctly, there was a kind of story of worth. Usually I paid more attention to the story than I did to the text, which <laughs> is, of course, one of the dangers of, I think, a certain kind of devotional. And um, But so that was sort of an established pattern for me. Then uh, as a schoolboy, uh, Scripture Union Notes, were part of uh, my life. They they came out. You you picked them up. Uh, I can't remember where we would get them, but uh, uh, they went. Uh, you know, I think of uh, a couple of months at a time. Uh, they were f- more uh, scriptural, uh, as you would expect, called the Scripture Union, <laughs> and um, that's where they had the the series of questions to ask of the 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 text. Is there a command to obey? Is there a promise to uh, except is there a sin to avoid? What does this teach us about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit? So that it it started you at least on a journey that said, I'm not reading this in the hope that some peculiar blessing will arrive uh, from nowhere, but that um, I'm 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 looking into the Word that I might understand why it's there, what it means, why it matters, that kind of thing. So you know, fast forward through all the years, and that has sort of. Uh, continued with me the importance in in British Christianity of uh, your quiet time. Um, you know, if you read John Stott, uh, you'll find that he you know wants to argue very very much for making sure that uh, that we have that quiet time. And um, so I've tried to make sure that I paid attention to that and still do. You've uh, benefited from and encouraged others to read Spurgeon's. Uh, devotional thoughts, uh, the the morning by morning and evening by evening. Uh, are there others that have stood out to you as being foundational devotionals that you've fed off of through the years? Um, well, the the Spurgeon one was not part of my growing up years. You know, I've I've come to that later on, and um, you know, yeah, of course we 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 make use of that, and I think people benefit from it. It it has, of course, archaic elements to it. Um, yeah, uh, what stream streams in the desert? Uh, mm-hmm. That was one. Um, 
Daily Light, which is not actually the same as Radio Bible Class, but Daily Light, um, I have various editions of that, nice leather-bound ones. And what is what was in there was a sort of thematic approach to passages of the Bible, which, you know, ties together, uh, you know, sort of loosely connected verses, which um, it, it works against really figuring out why they're there or what they mean and in what context. But in terms of, you know, saying, I want the entrance of God's Word to bring light into my life, I want it to shine on my pathway, that kind of thing, um, those, those were part and parcel of it. Colossians chapter 3 says we are to set our minds on things that are above. I think turning to a devotional alongside whatever Bible reading you're doing on a daily basis is one of the ways that we set our minds for the day or in our day on on heavenly things. It's really easy to be consumed with the things of this earth, and, and we need to be diligent to set our minds, don't we? Yes, definitely. I mean, the... the and I think there are peculiar challenges now, uh, or opportunities, depending on how you want to look at it. But uh, uh, you know, given the fact that our our phones uh, give us access to everything, which means that everything is clamoring for our attention simultaneously. When you had to wait uh, for the newspaper to be delivered. Uh, then you could read your Bible before it arrived. If it managed to reach you before, you know, then you had to make a, a decision. Um, now when you wake in in the morning, I have, you know, the Truth For Life app, which is saying, come on. Uh, but I also have the Times of London. And uh, so I've got the constant uh, challenge, you know, am I going to go to the Scriptures or am I going to go to the Times? And uh you know, some days I go one way and some days I go the other. But your point is well made that we want to be, if you like, turning to the events of the day in light of the unerring uh, truths of Scripture so that we're, if you like, reading our newspapers through the lens of the Bible rather than the other way around. Mm-hmm. When you went to work on this devotional, what was your your hope or your goal for us as readers what that we would get out of our engagement with with what you presented well i think the same as when when uh, you and i endeavor to teach the bible that it would that it would be more than simply uh, an awareness of what the bible says but that uh, through the work of the holy spirit that it might uh, lead us into if you like a divine encounter with god that through the Scriptures coming alive to us by the power of the Holy Spirit, we don't simply find out things that we need to know, but we meet with God in a particular way. And so the hope is that that is actually what happens, that the uh, the, the Word of God uh, does the work of God, and that the, the way in which uh, material uh, unfolds, hopefully, uh, the particular passage of Scripture for the day, uh, will uh, do just that. It will help to unfold the Scripture, and it will not be a distraction to the Scripture. And you see devotional reading as different than Bible study. Talk about how those fit together and and the benefits of each for our lives spiritually. Well, I think we have to guard against the notion that devotional has to do with our hearts and leaves our minds outside 
whereas, um, you know, Bible study is all about the mind and leaves our hearts outside. Ideally, the best Bible study stuff uh, leads us to a devotional commitment to to Christ, uh, the one of whom the Scriptures speak. And ideally, uh, devotional reading uh, causes us to think properly about things. So, yeah, there is a distinction insofar as when we think in terms of Bible study, we might be doing word studies, we might be trying to understand how this fits within uh, the brighter context of things in a way that wouldn't necessarily be true in, in just devotional material. We're not, we're not trying to set a particular passage in Mark's gospel within the overall sweep of the gospel of Mark or with that in relationship to, you know, uh, the Old Testament canon and so on. That's beyond the scope of, of a devotional encounter. But uh, we want to make sure that, you know, it is through our minds to the heart. So as as a Christian is ordering his his spiritual life and his spiritual disciplines— where where does devotional reading fit into that into our week and where does bible study fit into our week how how would you recommend to somebody that they engage with scriptures using these different tools well you know my own personal approach to things is to just take McShane's uh, bible readings and to be reading through the entire bible in a year um and so you know some people have never even uh, launched in su- into such an adventure. And so I would hope that, uh, for example, making use of uh, our devotional material would not circumvent that kind of approach, that it would be uh, an important part of the day, but that it would be supplemental to everything else that's going on in terms of our uh, being encountered by the scriptures, so that so our, if, if if the option is reading the Bible or reading your devotional, you'd say read the Bible. Absolutely, yes, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, that's good. But that hopefully uh, somebody who is uh, who is uh, engaging with the Bible in this way would find that their their devotional reading leads them to say, "I want to find out more about this." That, mm-hmm. that will then lead them to Bible study. Uh, and that hopefully that that will be set within the context of a, of a local church environment where the Bible is actually being taught to them in a way that is helping them to realize that the, 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 that the big picture of the Bible is, is, a, is a picture that we can get a hold of and, and, and grapple with. I remember early in my Christian life, as I was beginning to read through the Bible in a year, I think it was January 4th, my uh, my assignment was Genesis nine through twelve, and and I got to the end of Genesis twelve, and I had so many questions about what <laughs> I had just read about the Tower of Babel and about the calling of Abram out of Ur and the Chaldees and where is Ur and who are the Chaldees. It was hard for me to go on to Genesis thirteen when I had so many questions about the earlier passages. You would say we we should continue to plow through, even if our mind is littered with questions, continue reading the Bible, and yet try to answer some of those questions at the same time? Well, you know, it's a judgment call, isn't it? Because we don't want it to become... You know, I I often say to people, that they, they want to start reading the Bible. I say, well, why don't you just start reading the Gospel of Mark? Let's mm. let's Don't let's launch into 
Genesis and Exodus at the moment. We can we can start at Mark and work our way around. We'll pick up. Right. We'll eventually come to Genesis. Um, yeah, I, 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 it depends on how our minds are. You know, if you've got an investigative mind that is, is that stumbles over these things or wants to unpack them, then it will become a, a more um, tedious journey, I think, than someone who's more superficial like myself, who <laughs> is is saying, well, I'll get back to that at some point, but I, I, mu- I must keep going. Um, yeah, I think it's good, actually, just when we're reading the Bible in that way, to have a notebook and, and just to make a note of things that we can, uh, are there for further investigation, if you like, because... Otherwise, uh, we won't get very far, very fast at all, because, you know, we're going to have questions all over the place. Yeah. I've also had the experience of reading through a devotional or a couple of chapters of the Bible and closing the book and not remembering anything I just read. (laughs) I, I was doing it. I was checking it off my list. I know I'm supposed to do this, but I was distracted while doing it. How can I come to a devotional or to the scriptures and and really get the most out of it. What kind of prayer should I pray as I open the Word? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, coming back to the Scripture Union notes, they had all of that covered. I think we were supposed to pray, O Lord, uh, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things uh, out of your law, out of your Word. Um, Now, you can pray that, of course, as we can pray anything in a perfunctory fashion. But when we actually mean it, when we, so, again, it has to do with little things like where are we, what time is it, um, you know, what, what is my objective in doing this? If it is, as you say, uh, because uh, the way my, my uh, mind works is I just have certain things to do in the day, and this is one that I have to get through in order to get on to the next thing then there's precious little going to be gained from that, I think. You could, I, I, I'm almost tempted to say just just forget it, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it, it's like uh, asking somebody a question you don't even want the answer to, you know, because you're supposed to appear to be interested in somebody. It's actually rude, right? right? Because you, it's like, hello, I must be going. Um, <laughs> you know, good morning, God, thank you, goodbye. Um, so I think, again... Uh, pre- 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 setting setting a place, uh, setting a time, whether it's lunchtime or whatever time it is, where you can actually um, be quiet and be out out with the framework of other things. Um, you know, it's not impossible to do this sitting in the middle of Starbucks. We can do that, or uh, riding on the train as we're going into London or wherever we are, Chicago. Um, no. But when you think about um, being devoted to somebody and spending time with somebody and being in their presence and wanting to, quote, look them in the eye, as it were, uh, undistracted by everyone and everything else around you, then that's an entirely different approach to things. And somewhere along the line, we want to be um, developing that kind of intimacy. Mm -hmm. I mean, Brother Lawrence spoke about, you know, uh, practicing the presence of God which, of course, we recognize is true all day, every day, everywhere. We realize that. But um, to be able to say, um, and, and I'm always struck by people who say, you know, that's where, that's where his Bible always was. That's where you could find him sitting. 
you could count on him being there. I mean, I think of the end of Francis Schaeffer's life, and Edith said of him that he had reached a point where he could no longer read his Bible as he would normally have done, but he kept it by his bedside, and he used to pat it. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, you're not going to... You're not going to pad it, you know, just, you know, it's because it was everything to him. Yeah. Is it is it typical for you or is it occasional for you that when you open a devotional or you come to God's word, that when you're done, you go, that was the word I needed for today. God just spoke to me and gave me the thought the, the perspective, the orientation? Does that happen regularly or occasionally for you? Yeah, I, I would say if we, if we are actually intent on doing that, like this morning in our pastoral uh, team meeting for prayer, as we read Psalm 15 and Psalm 16, I said when we had concluded reading it around, I said, okay, what, what is your... What is your phrase for the day? What, what, mm-hmm. what? And and so people called out phrase. I said, regard it as a, as a as a hard as a, as a boiled candy, as it were, that you're going to take with you into the day. And when your mouth is dry, you can pop it out and suck on it for a while. So if you if one is approaching the scriptures in that way, actually looking for that for a phrase, then yeah, you 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 will get you will get a phrase. I mean, I I I have set the Lord always before me. You say, well, I'm not sure that I have, but I know that I want to. Right. Or my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. You say, well, um, I'm not sure that I have been as glad or as rejoicing. I'm not sure my my work colleagues would immediately attach that to me. So that instead of it being, an just there is an affirmation, which it is on the part of David the psalmist. It can be something to me. However, you know, when when you're reading, like you know, I read part, I read Jeremiah forty today. Uh, now, admittedly, I didn't go looking for a phrase, but a lot of it just went uh, past me by. And I said to myself, if I'm going to really come to terms with uh, Jeremiah forty, I'm going to have to go back and read this again. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to read it more slowly and find out who who in the world everybody is here. I, I think about conversations I've had with my wife through the years. And there have been those where I've been engaged and there have been those where I've been distracted and thinking about other things. And often my wife will say, did, did you hear what I just said? Are, are you really, where are you? What are you focused on? Right. And, and when I come to God's word, I have to come with an intentionality that I'm here to hear from you, not just to show up and, and get my spiritual brownie points for the day. Yeah, I think the one thing that we really have to guard against is the idea of, you know, um, a blessing, as it were, sort of popping out of nowhere. Now, that, that's not because we don't believe that God pops little blessings out of nowhere. We absolutely believe that. But I don't think that should be our MO. You know, the hymn writer says, sometimes a light surprises the Christian while he sings. It is the Lord who rises with healing in his wings. You know, and we've, we know what that means, that, that, that all of a sudden, you know, just, a, just the sunlight, uh, you know, appears on a, on a cloudy day, on a spiritually cloudy day, on a, on a dark November day, 
the Lord, uh, you know, picks up our spirits, and we rejoice in that. But if you know, if if we if if that's our if that's how we quantify whether whether what we're doing is right, whether it's good or whether it's beneficial, we're probably going to be more disheartened than than heartened. Yeah, uh, one of the rhythms of your life is to be uh, focused on a passage of scripture for hours during a week as you prepare to preach on Sunday. So I know you're regularly meditating on, reviewing, considering a, a particular text. How does uh, daily devotional time fit together with that kind of regular Bible study? Yeah. Um, you know, I have sort of agonized over that from time to time. Um, like, well, wait a minute. Why Why are you uh, reading, you know, Second Samuel 11? That's not your devotional time. You know, you're, you're borrowing from your devotional time to... Uh, to do your study time. And I, I used to get myself all tied up in knots, you know. Um, maybe I was right to tie myself up in knots, but the knots have unraveled for me a long time ago. Um, I remember um, the late R.C. Sproul being asked a similar question, and he said, look, all my reading of the Bible is devotional reading, mm-hmm. you know. So whether I'm preparing to teach it or whether I'm reading it for whatever, it, it, it it's devotional in the sense that, it brings me to Christ and therefore brings me to my knees and therefore, you know, takes me whatever. Um, but with that said, there surely is a difference between, you know, um, the readings in, in the Psalms and, uh, for example, our studies in Second Samuel. But they, 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 work to, they work hand in glove with one another so that when you come to one of the Psalms, like, for example, the 16th Psalm this morning, which says it is a miktam of, of David, nobody really knows what that is. It's probably a musical term. And then when you, you, know, when you read his, his poetry and you set it within the context of the unfolding story of his life, then... You know the devotional aspect of it, and the uh, the the instruction that is contained in recognizing that he's not writing these little poems in a vacuum. They they are uh, his meditations in the midst of the uh, the story of his life. Hmm. So, and, and you mentioned a musical term. How does how does our personal devotional time? interact with our times of personal worship, and where does music fit into that for you? Do, do you sing alone in your car as you drive from place to place? <laughs> and I'm not talking about Paul Simon and the Beatles. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about singing the hymns of faith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes I try and sing by myself, but also I have, you know, um, access uh, on my phone to, you know, I have Fernando in there. I have uh, City of Light in there from Australia. I have all kinds of things in there. And, and I even have old uh, country western singers, you know, her singing, <laughs> you know, I come to the garden alone. And, uh, uh, yeah, I for for me, uh, uh, the lyrics of hymns have been a huge part of my life. And I often say to people, if they've found that they're, uh, that they are uh, getting dried up, as it were, in in their reading of Scripture. Sometimes a, a good hymn book will help them uh, sort of uh, re- rekindle the flame because the best of hymns are essentially 
people's interaction with the truth of God as revealed in the scriptures so mm-hmm. that the best of that material will will take us to the Bible, not from the Bible. So yeah, I th- those things matter a great deal. I've noticed also that they are a huge part of uh, my wife's uh, life, that uh, in fact she is probably engaged more with material that I've never ever heard uh, that is actually... Uh, wonderfully helpful, wonderfully helpful in in this very element of uh, one's devotional life. Our friend Alexa keeps us uh, populated with hymns and songs that we can fill our kitchen with, and, and that's a nice tool to have. It sure is. If if you're talking to somebody who says my my time in God's Word has been dry and a desert time, and I'm I'm doing it as a discipline, but I just am not finding. Uh, that in his presence there is fullness of joy, as Psalm 16 tells us. What do you recommend to them? Well, I, I, I would—a number of things. I would say to them, you know, um, how, are, how are you handling the, the other means of grace that God has made available to you? And in other words, are you, are you isolated from God's people? Are you engaged in the local church? Are you participating in communion? Are you serving in the gospel? You know, to find out if there's a sort of general declension on the part of this individual, that they've sort of stepped away from things. If that is true, then it's no surprise that uh, the scriptures would not necessarily be uh, sparkling, as it were, with gems of insight for them. The scriptures are always true all the time, but our perception of them. Now, if the person says, yes, I'm, I am involved in all of that, but somehow or another, I, I've just sort of hit a wall when it comes to the way I'm doing things, well, then I would say probably good time to change the way that you're doing things mm-hmm. and perhaps to um, uh, to make use. And again, we're talking devotion now, not study, of um, a paraphrase if you're studying the New Testament, that J.B. Phillips, some of his turns of phrase just open things up again, sometimes using a different translation of the uh, of the Bible, a straight translation moving from, you know, the NIV uh, to uh, the ESV or to the CSB or whatever B there are. I mean, there's a <laughs> lot of different ways we can go here. Uh, also, uh, sometimes even just changing the, the, the time in which we're doing things, uh, that, that we just have found that we've turned this into a routine that has lost any kind of life. Also, mm-hmm. if, we are, uh, if we always uh, read the Bible in our minds, as it were, then why not try reading at least passages of the Bible, reading them out loud? Uh, read them out loud in a way that causes you to uh, process them uh, differently just because of the fact that you can hear your own voice reading them out. Uh, maybe even as well to say include uh, include a spouse or a friend or something uh, in, in the process. Uh, decide that you're going to read together um, the same passages of Scripture over a period of a month so that when you're together, you can actually talk about uh, what you've been discovering. Yeah, I think this is a great insight because in in our desire for regularity and to be disciplined, we can find ourselves in ruts. And and the idea of shaking up the discipline and the workout is a way to get out of that rut. Yeah, I think it's true of all kinds of things. If people say, you know, I used to absolutely love balsamic vinaigrette until <laughs> I completely sickened myself of it. And now right. when I see them coming with it, I say, no, please do not, do not bring that stuff near me. I, I and they say, "Well, what happened to you?" I said, "I don't know. I just, I just lost interest in it." And um, 
you know, because you just had so much of it. Now you, now you say, well, you're not saying that you can have so much of the Bible that you lose interest in it. No, I'm actually not saying that, but I'm just recognizing that the analogy holds in some measure. Hmm. The daily devotional that you've created will take someone maybe two minutes to read your your passage for the day, your your insight on the scripture, there's a scripture verse. It, that kind of a spiritual snack, if it's it's a healthy snack and can can uh, help your metabolism get activated, can't it? Yeah, I think so. I I mean, I would say that devotional such as what we've done is is a supplemental aid to our own ongoing reading of the Bible. It would be a disappointment to me to think that this became, you know, the the sum and substance of somebody's approach to the Bible. Now, it may be that in the beginning of the adventure, that is exactly what is the case. And hopefully then it would lead to um, a greater uh, time spent in uh, a greater uh, desire for the scriptures themselves. And and one of the things that we've done in the devotional is make sure that at the bottom of the page, we're directing people to uh, passages of Scripture that will be correlative to what uh, is being said. Do you intend to read your devotional this year? Yeah, actually, they sent me uh, they sent me uh, whatever you call it pre publication copy, and uh, uh, I was I was struck by how nice it was. And uh, I actually looked up a couple of I was with some people yesterday, and I said, let's look up your birthdays and see uh, what you know, what it says on your birthday. I also looked up July the 4th to see if we had done anything with July 4th. And uh, well, I'll just leave other people to discover whether we did or we didn't. <laughs> well, it is nice when you're reading your devotional to go, I agree with this guy. What, what are you saying here? <laughs> well, well, I tell you what, it, what is what is amazing is when I read it and I go, there's somebody put their hand on this because it's a lot better than the way I said it, you know? <laughs> so like everything else, we're, it's a product of uh, uh, the, the shared giftedness of those around us. And uh, I, I'm the beneficiary of those who make my life better by their presence and make my work better by their insights. Well, and we are the beneficiaries of your study and your insight. You mentioned Dr. Sproul. I, I asked him one time, uh, after I'd heard him preach on Psalm 51, and I said, how long did it take you to prepare that message? And he looked at me and smiled, and he said, uh, about five minutes, and then he said, and about 35 years. And if if we are in God's Word, th- that's the reality, that we can now come to the Scriptures, and it's more alive to us as long as it's the regular rhythm of our life. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also— isn't it fantastic as well, the way we can... It's not like any other book either, where you can read it and reread it and reread it and, and uh, discover things that you never noticed before or have yeah. it make application to your life in a way that would never have been a point of application had we not just gone through all these various parts and pieces of, uh, of our pilgrimage. Well, it's been a treat for us today to hear from Alistair Begg talking about devotional life, about scripture reading. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. I'm Bob Lapine. The Bible teaching of Alistair Begg is furnished by Truth For Life, where the learning is for living.